Hey, what's good, my amazing friends? This is Sarah Amazing Grace, and welcome to The Remedy. You know what? I am so stoked to have you guys here with me again this week, and I am sorry for making you guys wait to wait a day. You know, waiting is so hard. And while it may not have been hard to wait for this podcast for a day, that's what I'm dealing with right now in my life. Life hands us circumstances, and sometimes we just have to roll with it. You know what I mean? Hurry up and then wait. If you listened to last week's podcast, you know that my husband and I, we are making some huge, big changes in our life. We are moving. And I'm not talking about just across town with the same stores and same people, familiar sights and smells and the comfort of the known. No, we're moving halfway across the country to strange and a new city, new sights and new grocery stores. I mean, if you do your shopping, you know what I'm talking about. Your favorite grocery store, you can just run in and know exactly where to grab the things that you need five minutes in and out. You know what I mean? I just need an apple. I know exactly where it is. Got it. My organic half and half for the coffee. I know exactly where it is. But now I'm going to a new place. I mean, does this store even have organic half and half? I mean, first world problems. I get it. But the reality is they add to, or at least for me, the ever-changing situation. So today I walked into my bedroom and this might be gross. So if you're squeamish, jump ahead a few seconds. But okay, I saw cat barf on our comforter. We have two cats, Avalon, who's a young guy in his prime, and we have Darby. He's almost 16. His best years are in the rearview mirror, maybe. (laughs) He doesn't have much runway left out in front of him, but he's trudging along day by day. The young guy, Avalon, he's walking around the house crying, and you can see in his eyes how terrified he is. The cats are totally freaking out, and Darby, whenever he gets freaked out, he barfs. (laughs) So here we are in the midst of running around like chickens with our heads cut off, trying to get ready, and Darby barfs on our white comforter. And so I have to rip everything off, do the laundry, dry it, get everything put back together because we are having pictures taken of our house for sale. It's insane. Last week, we talked about how our house was getting ready for showings. The day was here and we had to even pick up all their water bowls and put their food dishes away and we had to pack away their beds and their beloved leopard print cat tree. It's out in the garage. I even went out to the garage to find Darby curled up and sleeping in the cubby hole in the cat tree in the middle of our garage. They love it, but they also want what's comfort to them. And cats, they don't really like change. I want to tell them that I kind of know exactly what they're going through and how this will all go down. But one, I don't really have those answers just yet. And two, well, they really wouldn't understand me anyway. But I just tell them that it's going to be okay and to trust us. Trust me. I won't leave you behind. I promise, Avalon. I look into Avalon and Darby's faces and I thought, this must be what God sees when I'm freaked out. He's reassuring me that he will never leave me or forsake me and that he has a plan that he knows and he can see and he knows it's going to be okay, but I can't see it doesn't mean that the process is easy or that it isn't scary if we're trusting the Lord or even that the process is fun, but 
God is always good. Life is hard. God is good. Never confuse the two, right? Man, that is so easy to say when life seems stable, when everything is in upheaval and you can't see past the next minute as to what's ahead. That is so unsettling, at least for me. I want to know what's coming. I've had that proverbial rug pulled out from under me a lot more than once. And now I'm forever wanting to know ahead of time what's coming. What's coming just around the bend so that I can prepare myself. I don't like surprises. I never have. Scary movies? Nope. I saw Poltergeist at a sleepover when I was 12 and I had to sleep with my parents for two freaking weeks. I would seek out our Christmas presents every year and I would sneak peeks any chance I could. My husband loves to surprise me. He's an adrenaline junkie. And so he thinks that everyone loves that thrill. I am the opposite. I jump when somebody walks into the room that I wasn't expecting. I mean, okay, give me some a credit here a little bit. I've survived some really serious things in my life. And that adrenaline rush um, for me is a straight up fight or flight. It doesn't translate into fun, but what it does translate to is every aspect of my life that I want to know so that I can control the impact or the outcome or maybe prepare so I'm not so caught off guard. But that's not how life works, though. Also, that's not how faith works. Faith, you see it on fun plaques and memes and bracelets, faith over fear, or hey, keep the faith, or hey, have faith in science, or faith in the future. Uh, Hey, I've got faith in you. You know, I mean, these are like the things that we try and say to each other. We talk about faith, whether you are religious or not. People use faith as something that's comfortable or how to comfort somebody. But in reality, faith is hard. Hebrews 11.1 defines faith as the substance of things hoped for, and it's the evidence of things not seen. When you don't know what's going on and you're believing in something that may or may not happen, but you're trying to hold on, that's hard. That's really hard. And it stretches your soul to reach for things outside of what is seen. Many times we make a plan and then we pray for it to work. Or if you don't know God, you send hope into the ether or the nothingness (laughs) that your plans will work out. Doesn't often work out very well, by the way. God's where it's at. Anyway, God wants us to pray first and ask him for his plan. And after we have his plan, then he wants us to trust him to bring it to pass. That's faith. And it's not easy. As I said, we're moving and we're in Portland, Oregon. And although it's been building for a while, we've reached this crazy fever pitch here of just banana stuff that is going on all the time. These liberal ideologies and poisonous wokeness that have seeped into every aspect of life. Everywhere we look, compromise has become the norm. And we, my husband and I, we are not down for it. Not to mention, it's kind of become dangerous here. We've prayed and we've watched the Lord open doors and confirm that we are to go. A few weeks ago, we hopped on a plane and we flew down to where the Lord showed us and we were looking at houses. Here we are in the early morning, 4.30 in the morning, and we are so stoked and hopeful and we're like, yeah, we're going down where God said and oh man, we're going to have a house wrapped up under contract before we even come back and we've got all of our plans laid out. We parked our car in the airport parking lot and 
we always take a picture of the area. You know, if, have you ever been to the parking lot at Portland Airport or at any airport, really? The, air, the airport parking lots are massive or even a giant mall. You've got to figure out and remember where you parked or you're going to be spending the next several days searching for what seems like an endless loop of parking lots looking for your car. So we take a picture of exactly where our car is parked so that when we're done with our trip, we know where to go. So as we pull out our phone, exhausted at four in the morning, we snap a picture and it was in section W and we were in row eight. And I looked at that and I stopped. And I said to my husband, I said, Eric, I hope that's not a word from the Lord. And he said, what do you mean? I said, wait. (laughs) We both laughed it off, but I just couldn't shake it. We were parked in W8. Wait. We get to our destination and one home after another, and it's snatched before we can even think about it. Or there's a competing offer. There's all this stuff. And I mean, it is just absolutely insane. It's not what we expected. We'd even talked to our realtor down there and we thought that we had a pulse on the area, but it turns out that it's exploded and it's gone completely bananas. The market is so hot from people fleeing from these tyrannical ruled states, political refugees, if you will, and homes are snatched up faster than they go on the market. We find a home and we put in an offer. And man, it felt so good. We were in the running and man, I was so happy. You see, the housing market in Portland is super crazy. And when we put our house up for sale, it'll sell in a matter of hours. So I didn't want to sell our house here and not have anywhere to go to. I said it many times to my husband and to our realtor. I'm afraid in the game of musical chairs of houses, I have a seat right now. When the music starts, I don't want there not to be a seat for me to sit in. You know what I'm saying? So we flew home and I thought I had this all buttoned up. A super lovely home to go to, making selling our house here eh, an easy decision. Remember my anxiety? (laughs) Well, keep a pin in that. My need to feel safe. (sighs) I shared about it last week. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, I'll talk about it. I have anxiety. Anyway, I keep saying over and over that I didn't want to be without a house. And we had one there. It was all good. So boom, we put our house up on the market. And oh, gosh, all these people were here. And it was so crazy and hurry, hurry, hurry and everything. And man, our house sold in a matter of hours. Above and beyond what we could even ask or think, God is so faithful in that. It was something that we were even afraid of that, but the Lord confirmed it. But then, oh my gosh, you guys, the deal in Texas fell through. We had accepted a done deal offer on the house here, and now we don't have a house to go to. That's one of my biggest fears. What the heck? And then I felt God whisper to me, W8. I didn't say no. I didn't say I was going to leave you. I said, wait, have faith in me. Wait on me. You don't know what's coming, but I do. And do you trust me? I mean, I've tested and confirmed over and over that this door that is opening is coming from the Lord. We've laid our fleeces before the Lord and without a doubt, he has answered for us to go. But Lord, now I'm a bird without a nest and that really scares me. Everything in the past few weeks has been hurry up. It's been a whirlwind. 
getting our house ready for sale, selling off our furniture, my beloved house plants, changing this and fixing that and painting this corner and wash, 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 go, go, go. And then hopping on a plane and flying to Texas and looking at house, 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 house. It's been nonstop. Hurry up. House on the market. That one's sold. Now get going. Now go. I hope that the house hunt would be similar. Hurry up and it's done. But instead, it's hurry up and it's wait. Wait. (sighs) We know without certainty that God is leading our move. But it's still uncomfortable to wait. To know that God knows what's coming, but I don't. And I don't know when. There's a song by the band The Cry, K-R-Y which is a super apropos name since this song always makes me cry when I hear it. But it's called Take My Hand. And the chorus goes like this. Take my hand and walk where I lead. Keep your eyes on me alone. Don't you say why were the old days better? Just because you're scared of the unknown. Take my hand and walk. And I felt like those words were what the Lord is speaking to me. Take my hand and walk where I lead. If you've never heard that song before, don't let my singing stop you. (laughs) YouTube it. The Cry, K-R-Y. Anyway, this song has been my theme song these past few weeks. And I realized that in the waiting is where the blessing is. In the waiting, we can see the hand of God move. And that is a blessing. If I had just found a house and it would have been all lickety split, I would have not maybe appreciated the waiting in seeing the hand of God open the doors in such a mighty way. But right now I get to wait on him and that is a blessing. We can live in an attitude of praise and thanksgiving, knowing that God's plans always succeed. Or we can let our flesh and fears get in the way. We can step out and push doors open that weren't meant for us. Those activities are birthed out of our flesh. It's our own effort without God, and it actually prevents God from showing himself strong in our lives. The Bible describes that kind of activity as works of the flesh. It might work for you to make your own destiny, but you'll rob yourself of what the Lord has, which is always better. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, the scripture says that they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Incredible that they will mount up on wings like eagles. My gosh, you guys, waiting on the Lord is going to take you to soaring heights. It says that they will run and they will not get weary and they will walk and not faint. Waiting on the Lord will bring miracles in your life. My friends, waiting on the Lord takes us beyond what we could ask or think. The blessing is in the waiting. It's a soaring, it's running, it's the wind in your hair experience that comes in that waiting. You'll get to see God move and it will blow your mind. So (laughs) from my parking space of W8, I'm going to trust him to work it out in our life. I'm going to trust his lead and I hope that you will do it too. I love you guys. See you next week. Peace. Hey, 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 thanks for tuning in. If you like what you've heard, don't forget to subscribe. New shows coming at you each week. If you have a question or a comment, send them to asksaragrace at gmail.com. Catch you on the flip side.